What's up, everybody? What's up, beautiful people out there? Hope everybody having a great day today. And I hope everybody had a interesting but a great uh, weekend as well, too. Um, this past weekend was not only hectic, crazy, but um, enjoyable, wrapped up into a boat. Besides the whole crazy rock and Roman and Cody stuff. And we're, we're just going to push that aside and we're going to go straight into NXT. NXT Vengeance Day. And without thinking about what's happening with Cody, Roman, The Rock, is the match happening? Is it not happening? NXT is where we're at right now. And NXT Vengeance Day is something I want to go over. It was a crazy weekend for, for NXT fans out there, including me. And from, from the beginning to, to the end, to the down to the last T, down to the last second, it was cinema. It's like you're watching a movie. And everything that you thought, you know, this this, this is going to cook. Maybe it's not going to be good. It cooked, and it was fantastic. And I'm here to give my thoughts, my opinions on each and every match about what happened at the end and some stuff that happened during the middle of the match and all that, all that you know, fun stuff. So without further ado, without me yapping too much in this intro, from my old school guys, from my new school people that have now just discovered my podcast. Hello, how you doing? Hope you're having a good day. And from my old school, my guys that's been here since day one since I started doing my podcast. Grab your popcorn, grab your drinks, go grab something real comfortable to sit, and let's get right in today's episode. So before I get into these NXT match cards, uh, the first thing I do want to uh, to talk about is uh, Booker T not being there. So um, Vince Joseph used, uh, announced the return of uh, Way Barrett because uh, Booker T sent out a tweet saying that I will not be at NXT Vengeance Day tonight and I will be off TV for the next couple of weeks due to a medical procedure I had to have. But... I'm all good, and I'll be back in action on NXT in no time. Thank you for all the support. Couldn't do it without, uh, couldn't do it without the people. Shucky ducky quack quack. It sucks. It sucks that Booker T wasn't there. But um, let alone, it was you know it was a great night, and you know I do like when it comes to Booker T, he brings like life to the NXT roster. You know, it doesn't matter who it is, especially it's your boy Trick Williams. Shucky ducky quack quack. Like little stuff like that makes you can feel his energy through the mic. And I like that. And and he just brings, you know, a life to NXT that you never thought you ever dreamed of. And it's just something that you miss. But like you said, he'll be back in the next couple of weeks. And he'll be better in no time. So the first match that we have on the list is the Dusty Cup Classic Finals. Your boys, Trick and Mellow Gang, Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams against the Wolf Dogs, 
Braun Breaker and Baron Corbin. So literally right when um right when uh was it Trick Williams theme hit, right? And it's weird. They they gotta stop doing that. And I know they're not really gonna do it no more, but they have to stop mixing Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams, you know, music, their themes. It doesn't clash, it doesn't work. Like Carmelo Hayes has his own type of theme. Trick Williams just has his own bass trap type of theme where it's just everybody just be chanting, whoa, that trick, whoa, that trick. It just works. Just stop clashing. You just know. And I was, bro, Wade Barrett, stop. Never do that again. Understand you're like a one-night thing only, but never do that again, my boy. You you were like, trick Willie. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> Hell no, never do that shit again. I was laughing when he was doing. I'm like, bro, what are you doing right now? What what is this, man? I I just in my mind, I if I was there at NXT Avengers Day, I would have just took the mic and I would like whoop that trick. What that trick? Yeah, uh huh. I like it. Oh yeah, man. That's trick, y'all. Oh yeah, man. All right, that would be me. It just feels better when it's like that. It, like Chiquilla. I'm like, no, no, just, just stop, stop while you're ahead, stop while you're ahead, Wade Barrett. That doesn't sound good. And he gave me a little, he gave me like a little laugh, and I was like, bro, this is so bad. Just, just don't hit. It, it's not hitting. The magic was just terrible. But you know, throughout the night, they did a wonderful job. Just, just that that moment, it was just a no. Just stop it. Um, and then when Baron Corbin and Braun Breaker came out, they came out on bikes. Because I know Corbin usually comes out on a bike, and Braun Breaker usually comes out on his wolf mask type thing. But this time, they came out on bikes. So I was like, this works for, for uh, Baron, but eh, does it really work for Braun? Like, I'm not going to lie. Braun Breaker looks good on the chopper. Let's be honest with ourselves. He... I'm like, okay, this hey, this man can probably pull out a chopper. Who knows? Um, but I'm definitely look, <laughs> it, it was it was some sight to see, but you know, it might be another little point to their entrance, why they really did that. Um right overall, between these two teams, they cooked. They were cooking the entire match. And as soon as as soon as the match started, bro, as soon as the match started, they just went in crazy. Blow for bar, like blow for blow, bar for bar. Like every single hit was beautiful. I mean, yes, they did like, you know, they had some nice spots where I think uh Braun Breaker literally lifted up uh lifted up Carmelo Hayes, threw him into the air, and then had a nice cutter. And it looked almost like it looked like a RKO, like the way he almost did it, but it looked really nice on top. I was like, ooh. The the the, the I was like, did he just throw this man in Put him into an RKO. Like, let's be honest with ourselves. That looked clean, and and I know, like, uh, at the end of the match, Carmelo Hayes did take a spear for Braun Breaker because it was it was meant for Trick Williams, but he moved. But uh, last second, he turned around like, "Oh shoot!" And then Carmelo Hayes was already there and took a uh, took a spear for this man. And right when he looked back and saw what was going to happen, he was trying to climb back in, but. Trick Williams didn't have enough uh ha- didn't have enough energy to uh break up the pin. And it gave the Wolf Dogs a victory. 
them having their name on the uh, on the trophy, and so they can yeah have a shot and title and uh, get a title match for the NXT Tag Team Titles. Um, and going into the entire first match, it did look like a uh, show stealer from the jump, but you know, Baron Corbin and Braun Breaker finally found their chemistry after a lot of weeks of trying to see. Like where do they fit in? Like, or is this gonna work? Is this not gonna work? Are they gonna like bring some magic to the table? Like, we were running those some those kind of questions. If they're you know if a team like you know two two people that are big main event stars on NXT roster, are they gonna flourish? Are they gonna you know actually be on the same page? Are they gonna like clash heads again? Like, what's gonna be like? What's gonna happen between them? And but like. With a little bit of Carmelo, but Carmelo Hayes and Trick William, them two was a little bit off that night. They uh, they had some questionable stuff from like when I saw it from my perspective, and I didn't know if Carmelo Hayes was trying to one up Trick or what. But um, it it was weird. But they did get the they did try to get the job done. You know, they kind of fell short a little bit, but they still tried to get the job done. There's like a few miscues from from each side, like one here, one there, one here, one there, you know. But at the same time, they both cooked. They both, you know, picked up the pieces. They made each other look really well in that ring. And like literally the beginning of this entire um, this entire Dusty Cup classic, I honestly thought that, you know, I honestly thought that. Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes wasn't going to make it that far because of their chemistry. Like, we all thought that, we all were thinking that our chem- their chemistry is going to be off, right? Because, A, you already know the whole tension with Trick Williams already having his NXT title shot. And, B, Carmelo Hayes is being a jealous little prick in the background. So, we don't know where their headspace was at. We didn't know if they were going to, you know, actually be on the same page come the Vengeance Day. Are they actually going to get the win? Are they going to, you know, not fight? Like, there are so much speculations of what's going to happen for both, for, you know, just for, you know, Trick and Melo game alone. But coming, but going into it in the in the finals, they, you know, they prevailed. They were they came up short, but they did had a very successful, you know, run in the Dusty Cup Classic. And their, I think their biggest one was, like, LWO because LWO in that match in the in the in the semifinals was fire. They were they were doing the damn thing. I was just like, ooh, or is LWO gonna take it? Is Trick William the Trick uh and Mellow Gang gonna take it? It was hard. It was hard between LWO and them because it, it definitely looked at one point LWO was gonna win, but came up short and they beat LWO. And for a standpoint, from a story perspective standpoint. The result made the most sense. Braun Breaker and Baron Corbin makes the most sense because both because Braun like Braun Breaker is pretty much heading to the main like is heading to the main roster or is if not already on the main roster as we speak. But they're just trying to you know wait and pick and choose when he should be official in the main roster. But as a tag team. 
Breaker and Baron Corbin has a lot more story left before he's officially, officially on the main roster. And I feel like if they wanted to, you know, bring the Dusty Cup Classic to the main roster, as in, you know, the winner of the Dusty Cup Classic to maybe like face the Judgment Day for the for the tag team titles, that could be fire. That could be a really good match between these two because one. Both Baron Corbin and Braun Breaker are very long overdue for a title run. So I can, I definitely get that they should have some tag team gold around their waist, especially Baron Corbin, because the last time this man held some gold, legit held some gold, was the United States Championship. And that when, then that's when Vince McMahon was empowered. So, like, it, it's very long overdue that he, he needs to have one. But, uh, Overall, literally during the match, it was it was fire. The entire match was fire. Uh, there was one there was one moment when uh, during Trick's hot tag, he tweaked his knee on a kip up, and I was just like, "Really, Trick? Why?" why? And Trick William usually doesn't do kick ups like kick up at all. He doesn't do any of that. So I'm surprised for this. He did a kick up, and then he literally, but his knee tweaked and his knee buckled, and after that, they just went after the knee. And I remember um, Trick got sucker punched in the mouth so bad that he started bleeding from his mouth. And I was like, oh, shoot, this is not going to be good because what if Trick can't do the main event? I mean, he's pulling w he's pulling double duty, but how well and how, you know, like, is he going to go in, like, in the main event, you know, hopping on or just, you know, trying to, you know, get composure so he won't feel like he's actually in pain? Or are you going to just, you know, have him be like, yeah, no, we can't do it like how they did with Dragunov and be like, yeah, we can't do the main event. He's, you know, in pain. He's way too much in pain, so we can't really do it. But, you know, he's still, they literally said in the trading room that, hey, Melo said, yo, despite everything that happened with that tag team, um, that tag team match, I took a spear for, you know, I took a spear for you so you can go in the main event not injured. And he's like, I appreciate that, dog. You know, I got to do this alone, man. Like, you know, he's like, nah, man, you got to focus on Ilya. You got to be you and you alone. And Trick Williams said, bruh, what better way to literally celebrate my NXT title win with my best friend right, like, like right next to me? And he's like, all right, bro, I'll be out there with you. So... And let alone, oh boy, did we know that was setting up for his for trick uh for trick's downfall. We didn't know at that time, but uh well I knew. I definitely knew, but everybody else probably didn't. Because people were just like, oh my god, like bruh, gotta watch the entire PLE to find out what's gonna happen next, man. But overall, congratulations to uh the Wolf Dogs for getting their W against Trick and Mellow Gang. I would definitely like to see when they're uh, when they're gonna actually get like a tag team title opportunity. I hope it's I hope it's um I hope it's Shannon deliver because I don't I know that they're probably gonna set up for a triple threat match. You know, maybe have OTM versus Scripps versus the Wolf Dogs. That would be fire. Or you can have you know the winner. Of OTM and the family faces 
the Wolf Dogs that stand delivered for the titles. It could be something like that. But I definitely want to see what NXT plans on doing with the Wolf Dogs now that, you know, they are Dusty uh, Cup final winners and, you know, they deserve these tag team titles. I just don't know when the time is going to be where it's like, is, you know, Braun Breaker going to take the NXT titles with Baron Corbin up to the main roster? Is he going to be kept on NXT till, you know, he, they lose the titles? I like what what's, what is going to be about. But overall, the match was cooking. The match did well. I really did like every aspect of it. And, you know, it made it made the night what it was to be a special cinematic night. And that's only beginning. That's that's only like a sliver of what we had offered that night. But um, I'm definitely looking forward to see what they do with uh, Braun Breaker, especially in the future now that he's going to be moved up to the main roster extremely soon. And, you know, it's nothing but up from here for an NXT, though. So the next match we have on the list was Dijak versus Joe Gacy in a no disqualification match. Now, these two have been going at it for weeks now. Dijak and Joe Gacy. And when it comes to Joe Gacy, Joe Gacy it reminds me of, like, John Moxley and Bray Wyatt. I say that because he has, like, the creative, you know, side of Bray Wyatt with the twisted, like, weird mentality and personality of John Moxley, especially when he was in the WWE, like, the way his persona that they gave him. And, like, we, we, in my mind, I knew that Dijak was ready for Joe Gacy. Like, but the way that they have Joe Gacy look, he looked like, you know, a more weird, messed up, twisted, like, you know, twisted version of, a, you know, of a Bray Wyatt. Because that's, that's what his entire persona reminds me. It's, it's, it's. Very weird, but very entertaining, but back to weird again. That like that's what it reminds me of. And with this no this no disqualification match, they they were cooking. I like I think one of my favorite spots is when he got the toys out right, and he laid up all on the table, trying to put like Dijak through the table, and they didn't do it. But after a while, I think Dijak was on the uh, was on the edge of uh, the aprons. And got pushed off and thrown into the table, and I was like, "Ooh, that gotta hurt." Because if that was it is, if it was his chest and his stomach, it probably wouldn't hurt that much. But it's back. Everybody knows that if you step on Legos, you know that thing hurt. Imagine what a whole bunch of toy cars and toy plastic army guys and everything like like guess guess how badly that would hurt you, extremely badly. And the entire time, like. Joe Gacy had this disturbing, crazy, twisted look on his face every single waking moment of that match. And it looked like, dog, like, what is wrong with you? Are you are you gay mentally? Are you gay physically? Like, it looked hella weird. And literally coming, like, just him coming out to, with his own theme sounded weird. Like, he came out with a, a modified theme, and he had, like, a creepy laugh. And he's, but he still had the yellow, you know... He still had the yellow mask like he was in schism. So I'm like, eh, doesn't I know the skimming I know the schism thing didn't really work didn't really work out. But um just his whole persona for me is just weird. 
But it's it's a good type of weird, not a bad type of weird. Um, and I know that uh, what is it? Dijak put Joe in like a trash can, and he stomped on this man, and uh, and was and mortified this man, and he did basically everything he can to try to to make this man take out the trash. No pun intended, and all that stuff. After all that, while, all that stuff. After a while, Joe Gacy decided, you know what? I'm, I'm, a, I'm gonna run down Dijak with this trash can on my head. I, he's gonna like it. He's gonna feel my pain. He's gonna feel my wrath. I ain't. I'm not the one to play games. Like he, he basically just said with that loud mouth type hard stop, Lucas. He said, "I'm not playing these games," and decided to to beat this man essentially with a trash can, even though the stuff was on it. Even though the trash can was on his head. And then just, it, it got more twisted to the point he was covering Dijak with duct tape over his eyes. Like, he can probably hear where he's at, but he couldn't see him. But it was weird how he still, he got duct tape over his eyes, but still managed to find Joe, lift him up, and put him down. The only thing that he couldn't do was pin because he didn't know where Gacy was. And at that point, it was just like, we're get these, get these, get these, like, you know, slices of duct tape off of me. Like, I can't see nothing with these on. And literally, as soon as he got the tape off, it was a struggle, but he got it off. Then he turned around to see, you know, an upside down Joe Gacy in the corner just staring at him. Something like how, like how, not Braun, but something how, like, uh, with Bray Wyatt would do. But instead, he do it like in a creepy, you know, type of weird figurine type form. And when with Joe Gacy, he just he just stands, or he basically just you know holds himself like upside down. And at that moment, I'm just like, this is like a joke. This is like a joyful, twisted chemistry that these guys both have. But at that point, I'm just like, what is going on in Joe Gacy's head? To do to do something like this, it's it's weird, and and also given like all the rivalries that you have with Dijak, plus he's like the type of person that is like it's better when it comes to stipulation type matches. Like if you remember with Ilya, like at NXT Battleground last year, they had a last man standing match. This time with Gacy, he has like a no disqualification match. So. Dijak is some is basically, in my defense, the king when it comes to stipulation matches because he look he he looks like the one that is um he will most prevail against these and he looks like he's just the type that you know to make him his personal you know b i t c h you feel me so and and it kind of showed here and I know that like I said this is not far from over. They're gonna go at each other's throats. They're gonna get go at each other's necks in the future. Um, I don't know if they're gonna have like a weapons wild match or a um, unsanctioned match. They can do three like three stages of hell. They can do uh, a ladder match, but it has to be for something like if there's like a title involved, um, like something crazy. Like a tables match. Shoot, you can do like an extreme rules match. Like something crazy twisted that these that these two can uh can do. Because we all know like a regular match with, you know, with 
with disqualifications, you get DQ. We all know that's not their type of style. We all know that they, you know, they need more than just, you know, get disqualified. You need, you need tables. You need flaming tables. You need ladders. You need chairs. You need steps. You need the announce desk. You need candlesticks. You need toys to get literally plowed through and, you know, put through a table on. You need stacked up flaming tables. I think you just need the Dudley boys at this point because you just need the Dudley, you need like the Dudley boys type attitude. You know, you got, you got to be like, get the table, like something like that. Like that's, that's how, that's how Dijak reminds me. He just reminds, like, especially with these stipulation, he just reminds me of a crazy twisted Dudley boy member. And, but a Dudley boy member that gives literally little to no fucks about what other people will do to him. And it shows. And right when Dijak literally pinned Joe Gacy and, you know, Dijak came out the winner, Gacy was still smiling after all the brutal hits that this man took towards Dijak. Like, he literally, he literally was like, yo, are you, are you good? Are you, are you? twisted in the mind like I beat you but you smiling like what's on your man like what's on your mind like what's in in your small minded mind that hey I gave you an ass whooping but hey you still gonna smile at the end and it, it like the entire match just gave me like Bray Wyatt vibes and I think that's what I think just that's what Joe Gacy just reminds me of like I mean rest in peace Bray Wyatt no nonetheless but He's just, he just reminds me of a mutt, like a, you know, a Bray Wyatt, you know, trying to step in his shadow, trying to not be like him, but be like, you know, a creative version and get some inspiration off of him. That's what I feel like Joe Casey is. And it showed and it, re- and it went really good and execute really well. So overall, like congratulations to Dijak into beating Joe Gacy in a great defying, you know, death-defying match that, you know, who knows, maybe Joe Gacy would have came up, you know, and whooped his ass, or who knows. Either way, Dijak is him. He did what he had to do. He put him away, and yeah, we definitely see what happened with Dijak. If Dijak is, you know, done with this robbery, are they, you know, is he going to finally fight for some from gold? Because he's long overdue for some gold. Like, it's been, what, a very long time since he's, I would say, one gold, or if not, probably even ever had gold. So I definitely like to see what NXT will do with the Dijak in the next coming months, especially leading up to Stand and Deliver. Because the man is long overdue, especially for NXT championship run. And imagine him with a reign like that. I, I just imagine it's all good. It's all good stuff from here. But yeah, we'll definitely find out. What happens on NXT this coming Tuesday with Dijak and see what is hot, see where his mind's at, see where his heart, his mind, his soul, and what he will say on that mic. All right, so the next match we have on the list is the family, the Don of NXT, with Channing, uh, with Channing stacks Lorenzo and Adriana uh, Rizzo against Out the Mud with Scripps. Jada Parker, Miss Parker herself, and Luchin, and I don't remember the other, I don't remember the other guy's name. 
I really don't. But I would definitely say this is like the low point of the of Vengeance Day. I, I won't say it's it's the low point, but at the same time, it just that the match didn't really hit as fire and as well as every everybody else on the card did. But it still put up a pretty good match. It was it was still a pretty good fight overall. Um I know as soon as OTM came out, they did day stuff, they did the entrance, and then the family, they came out, but they didn't come out the original way. They were like, the fuck they at? They came out from behind, attacked their rebels from behind, and started the match. And they obviously immediately looked like from revenge from Tuesday night sneak assault from OTM side of things. Um and as soon as that happened, you know, they went crazy at each other. They did. We literally had uh, Jada Parker and Rizzo starting out their brawl with uh, until OTM actually stepped in and said, what, you going to do this? No, no, no. This is what we're going to do. Even Scripps, Sneaky's ass, literally came out and started, you know, doing the stuff behind the ref's back. You were like, yo, ref, you, you seeing this right now? And then as soon as Tony D'Angelo came in, because he's basically like the big boss, man. He's the Don of NXT. He's the leader of the group, you feel me? So he, he's unstoppable. He's a hothead. He's going to do what he's got to do. He literally took this man out with the forget about it. You know, doing what the Don of NXT does, you feel me? And then at one point, you know, it, it, at, and I would say... Legit, the loss never the the match never lost any energy at like throughout you know it's it was like a ten like twelve minute match, but it never really lost any of its spark. It was literally just like fast, fast, fast paced type stuff. And honestly, I rather if I really think about it, this match should have been the opener than you know Corbin and you know. Braun Breaker with Trick and Mellow Gang. Even though, don't get me wrong, Trick and Mellow Gang was a great match to start. But I feel like this match was just, it was just a high pace, you know, fast, rapid match. There was no slow points during this match at all. It was just, hey, it was just straight right to the point and then get out and get the win. That's what this match reminded me of. And, like, but at the same time, it's just like a match that you're probably gonna forget because we all knew that who we all knew who's gonna win in this match, and it was obviously gonna be you know the family. The family is just too hot right now to to give up like their tag team titles, especially to you know two dudes that we barely even know. And at the moment, OTM is a much is is not really as big as the family. It's not not as big as the Don of NXT. He's not big as they're not big as Lorenzo stacks like you know Channing Lorenzo you know I'll say Channing um, stacks Lorenzo like they're not as big as them and plus we barely see Jada Parker perform at all like in any matches besides her being on NXT level up but no one really watches NXT level up like that so no one really knows what's going on so I don't know really nothing about Jada Park uh, Jada Parker. Uh, I know I've seen scripts, so I know what scripts is about. But the other two, I don't really, you know, they haven't really warmed up to me as like, okay, this is like a team that I should watch. This is the team that I should be paying attention to. 
Nothing about them right now screams like, yo, this is the hottest tag team in NXT right now. And nothing about them screams that. I mean, yeah, I know they have a long way to go before, you know, they're being known as the next tag team in NXT and all of WWE. It's going to be a minute before we know that, hey, this is the team that you got to watch in NXT. Like, don't look at everybody else. Look at OTM. Until I have that type of, like, you know, that fire, that spark when it comes to OTM, I'm not really going to take them seriously for right now. I'm not at all. Like, they just don't scream, you know, bro, drop everything and watch these guys. These guys are great. These guys are amazing. Like, right now, they're just, like, mid to me. They're like a mid-tag team. They ain't nothing like the family, though. The family has been doing this, you know, for a minute. So, you know, like, plus, when it comes to this, it's like, not only OTM, like, something that's going to be forgettable, but this is also, like, the family's match that's like, hey, if you see this match, or if you don't see it, it ain't really going to hurt me. Because it's, you know, nobody's really going to remember it like that unless someone, like, that heavily be on NXT's, you know, backstage news, all that type of stuff. Until someone's, like, that heavily invested into it, like, heavily, heavily. Like, I'm heavily invested in NXT, but I'm not, like, beyond out of my day trying to look up NXT type, you know, behind the scenes news heavily. I don't know. They're just, they're just, a, they're not really a, a big enough tag team for me to be like, yo, Jay Parker, she fire, bro. She be doing this, this, and that. Yo, Scripps, he a great leader, man. You see what else Alkalades, y'all OTM, bro, they killing it, bro. And like, it's nothing like that at all. Like, I'm sorry, but it doesn't really see where they rank as a, like a great tag team. Will they actually do well? Will they, you know, not botch anything? Are they, you know, going to go great on the mic? Like, stuff like that. I don't really see any like that yet. And But overall, Price, Price and Nima is basically slowly getting better. But I don't feel like they have found, like, you know, their spark yet, their best form. Like, it, it's slowly growing on some people. Like, you know, their, their theme is good. Like their, every, like, their small stuff is good. But what happens to in-ring work? Are you know, are they, you know, what what's their move set? Like what's their finisher? Like stuff like that. You gotta like take in consideration and ask because none of that stuff it's I don't really see that stuff. I don't really see any of that stuff barely when it comes to the you know OTM at all. And OT and you know, Scripps is the type of person to try to reinvent himself and try to get other people to, you know, make their name known. And I just I don't want to compare them to these guys, but they remind me a little bit of how Hit Row was. Like, Hit Row was like, in a, like you know, starting to become a great group, but they just locked, they lost their spark some way, somehow, and, you know, it was not really the same again. For these guys, you know, it's not really going to be the same again. It's just more like, hey, where where can we rightly fit in? Like, is, is this good? Is this good? Is this going to be well? Is this Can we execute this well? Like, there's so much questions you got to ask when it comes to the, you know, the, the OTM and how would they handle it. But, you know, overall, you know, I would definitely give my credit to Rizzo because, you know, she and Stax was matching the, in, the entire match with the Don's energy. And she... She's going to be a big ally, especially with the family. Um, 
and I know that uh, there's like a there's a, a point in the match where D'Angelo threw uh, stacks as usual, you know, out to like you know OTM or like out to the crowd, and then literally after that, Rizzo is jumping up there cleaning a house with a frog splash outside the ring. I was like, okay, Rizzo got buddies though. Rizzo got buddies. She looking clean though, but overall. You know, OTM wasn't quick enough to, you know, to stop the fast momentum of the family, of the Don of NXT, of Rizzo, of, you know, Stax. You know, they have a lot, yeah, they have a long journey ahead of themselves before they can be like, all right, man. All right, like, I, I see what we got to do here. I see what we got to do better. But overall, they're, they're a great tag team. You know, they just got a lot of stuff they got to work on. They got a lot of stuff to, you know, to show the crowd, the CEO, hey. We mess with you. We fuck with you. We see you. We see what you're trying to do. And we gonna, you know, we're gonna keep this till the end. We're gonna ride to the end. But overall, congratulations to the Don of NXT, Adriana Rizzo, and Channing Stacks Lorenzo to the family to get that dub over OTM. So um hey, any anything but up from here. It is, cause uh I wonder I wonder if they're gonna keep them titles or they're gonna lose them at hand deliver. Like what's what's the game plan here? Because anything can happen right now. Especially with now we have Wolf gaining the picture, trying to get the tag team gold. But hey, we we're gonna see because HBA be cooking on NXT, man. So let's let you know. You you better you better uh give us something crazy though. But um after that entire match, we did have uh you know, the whole, you know, they said that Chase U was going to be there. They did. They're selling out their, you know, their calendars, their, uh, you know, OF before OF type calendars and saying, you know, them being on the WWE shop and whatnot and, you know, all that type of stuff. And I would definitely say, you know, before I get into uh, the next match, Ch- Chase U, Chase U going to be on back on top very, very soon. Just give it some time. Give it a couple weeks. You know, I mean, they're going to have, you know, some, you know, some rising attention from the crowd. But uh, <laughs> probably some good publicity, if you know what I mean, though. So the next match we have on the list is the NXT Women's Championship. Lyra Valkyria defending her title against Roxanne Perez. And on top of that, a cashed-in NXT breakout star Lola Vice. And it, you know, a match that was meant to see if Roxanne Perez was going to, you know, beat Lara Vakira, get the title that she has never lost back on her. We had Lola Vice, you know, you know, come into the mix and makes it a triple threat match. But um, the entire match was great. This one was a really, uh, really good match, though. I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. As soon as they started, you know, it, it it may look. I thought the match was gonna be somewhat boring, but I think five minutes in, after they you know did all those weird pins, which I I hate when I'm not gonna lie. I hate when matches start off with like just you know a pin reversal pin, then another reversal pin, then another reversal pin, then another reversal pin. Like I hate that. Like I hate, like I'm like, bro. That's how you kind of kill the momentum of a of a a match that 
you know, the buildup may be eh on paper, but the match will deliver and, and it will actually be something good to look back on. So, but but this match was, you know, was something special. Was something special. And these two was battering each other. Hey, so like, who will come out on top? Who will become, you know, if, who, like, who will be, become or stay as NXT Women's Champion. And as soon as that happened, when both members were down, Lola Vice came out of nowhere. She said, bro, I'm going to cash in my breakout tournament. This is my time. Give me my match. Give me my match. And then they said, hey, Lola Vice is cashing in her NXT breakout women's tournament contract. And this match is now a triple threat match. And as soon as Vice heard, like, as soon as Vice heard that, she said, all right, bro, this is my, this is my yard now. She said, she immediately knocked out Perez. Now, I wouldn't say knocked out Perez. She locked out Valkyria, knocked out Perez, and Lola Vice was the MVP of this match. Entirely. She brought the hype up and everything. Everybody was chanting Lola Vice's name, man. Everybody was wanted to see Lola. I, I'm not gonna lie. I want to see Lola Vice win. She was trying so hard to cash to cash in to to cash in this uh this contract so she can get a title shot. She tried so hard, so so hard, and she finally cashed it in just to come up short at the last second, though. Um. There, she hit both women with a roundhouse kick, knocked they knocked them both out. And right when Valkyrie was trying to go for a second one, you know, she hit uh she hit the night wish, the night wish on this woman. She didn't kick out and she did win the match though. Um literally, and it was it was there like a 20 to 25 minute classic match. A straight, you know, technical type match. And the pace, the pace, you know, quickly picked up after a while from the slow, you know, counter type pins to now when as soon as like Vice came out, it immediately just went in a fast paced motion. And she literally, even though they both didn't want a triple threat match and Vice came out the best of her ability and that's and she basically proved Hey, I'm a breakout star. All those stuff that you know, Electra probably said about me is true. But when it comes down, when it comes the you know, down to what I gotta do, I'm gonna get down and gritty, and I'm gonna show you who you know the boss is in this you know right here. And she did. You know, she showed. You know, she. It also shows you know a little bit her of her weaknesses as a performer because she did have some weird, awkward transitions. You know, in this match, you know, and she did, you know, have a little bit of a sloppy finish, which, you know, that's what she probably needs to work on. Like, don't get me wrong. She's fast with the hands. She's fast with the feet. She's fast with all of that. But some of the stuff when it comes to her trying to be technical, trying to fill out her opponents, like, you know, there's a lot of stuff she got to work on in the performance center. And she can do that with the right, you know, proper training and all that type of stuff. But when the time comes, I can see this woman as NXT Women's Champion. Just build her right, build her character right, and she gonna be that you know, you know the person that 
you know, is fighting in her bikini to the person that is like holding NXT women's gold right now. And, you know, it worked out for the entire crowd. And the like as soon as Vice came in, the entire crowd was invested in the match. So, so good. And they were invested in the match, the action, everything. Especially with, you know, Perez struggling a little bit to try, you know, to, to keep up with this because she's not used to, you know, a very, very, very fast-paced type person like Lola Vice. And as soon as, you know, Perez trying to capitalize, trying to, you know, put Laura Valkyrie away, out of nowhere, out of nowhere, um, what is it? Was it, was it Pac? Uh, it was Paxley came out of nowhere and literally said, nah, and literally just, you know, took out, took out Perez and then helped Lara Vakiria win. And she, and, and it sucks because Perez literally got screwed out of an opportunity again for the title. And it just, you could see that twisted mindset Perez, she's like, all right, you gonna, you gonna screw me out of my title match? All right, cool. I I'm gonna get you one on one. Watch. And if Lara Valkyria lost here, that would have killed her entire momentum as an NXT Women's Champion. That would basically kill her her entire momentum as a character, like a one of the beloved characters of NXT. Because I would like to see you know the NXT you know Women's Championship you know stay on one person. For a very long time, because it's been a minute that we had an NXT Women's Champion that has haven't held the title more than two to three months, or even less than that. I don't want like the NXT Women's Title to keep changing hands every single time. That's how you kill the prestige of an NXT Women's Champion, and that's that's not what I want to see. And you know, I would say with this, it kind of tells me that Vice. Vice can handle herself when it comes to title matches, but at the same time, she's far she's far from ready. She's far from type, you know, dealing with these type of matches because she was sloppy. Like she was sloppy in some of some of you know, some spots, and I mean, even though it picked up after a while, even though she was sloppy, you know, it's still on in execution mode. It some of the some of the spots didn't look right to her, and it was it. I won't say it killed the match, but on her side of things, the match was, you know, it could be a lot better, but the execution of how they were doing everything, you know, actually went well. And, you know, Perez losing, like, the match in, like, a cheap, you know, in a cheap way, it definitely sets up, you know, a, like, a great uh, rematch for WrestleMania weekend at Stand and Deliver. And I know that the match between Perez and Valkyria is going to be something special. Um, and I, they're probably going to have a stipulation with this. Who knows? Um, and right, and I will say this. Right when um, Lola Vice was trying to cash in, uh, Paxley tried to stop her, but she did fail. She got knocked out with a roundhouse kick. And, you know, after that, you know, Paxley helped. Laura Valkyria to, you know, to retain her title, you know, and yeah, so you, you see Vice over there crying in the corner. She's like, no, my moment's gone. And I don't know if they're going to do, you know, 
uh, another triple threat match, like a triple threat rematch to try to get the NXT Women's Championship. Um, I just feel like with with Vice, she's a good wrestler. Don't get me wrong. She's you know she can actually put on something special. It's just that this was like I would say bad timing, and it could have been done a lot better. It could be executed a lot better. Except that you know she's never had you know she's never. You know, well, she was never in like a main event spot and try to get like a title off of you know a woman. She's never done that before. So she looked great in a lot of spots, but other spots, you know, she needs work on. She needs help in. I mean, she could get the right direction from the right type of people. I would definitely like to see her hold tag, not tag team, but a uh, women, a uh, women's championship, the NXT women's championship at some point. Um, and then. But 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 over but overall, you know, she looked good. She looked good. She did well. I mean, they she came up short along with Perez, but you know, they both they both did they shit. They both did they shit. And then uh backstage literally, um Roxanne Perez and Lola Vice was brawling because like yo, she, Perez was like, yo, you literally you literally try to steal my spotlight, you try to steal my momentum. So I'm gonna make sure I'm gonna try to end your, you know, to end your uh your time in NXT trying to chase after gold. Because I'm gonna injure you, I'm gonna beat you, I'm gonna bash in you. So you won't try to get that gold. So you try to so you won't try to one up me and try to get my opportunity, the one I worked for. But I definitely like to see what things will play off with this match with um Perez and Vice that will be coming on NXT. Um, this coming Tuesday, I know this is going to be a great match. Would I say who will come out at, on top? I'll definitely, I'll definitely say, um, I'll definitely say Lola Vice because Pax, uh, Paxley is definitely going to do some type of weird tactic to try to have Perez lose. And at this point, Paxley is trying to help Valkyria you know, retain, and I, and at one point, they're going to have her, you know, turn, they're going to have, you know, Paxley versus Valkyria in one point in time, but I, I would definitely like to see um, a triple threat match between Vice, uh, Paxley, and uh, Perez to see, you know, if they're going to have, uh, you know, who's going to be the number one contender for Laura Valkyria's title or a ladder match, because that's going to be crazy. But something, I want to see something crazy as that. But overall, congratulations to Lara Vakiri for retaining her title against not only Vice, but Perez with the help of Tatum Paxley. And we'll see what the the NXT Women's Champion has to offer for the next coming weeks going into WrestleMania season. All right, next match we have on the list is Obafemi. Ooh! Defending the North American Championship against Dragon Lee. And I already knew that this match was going to be a fire match regarding this. I already knew. I already knew from the jump this match was going to be hard hitting. And one of my favorite matches on the card that we like that NXT Vengeance Day came out with. And as soon as the bell rang, it was just a fast paced match. Literally. Dra- like Dragon Lee started fighting fast, but. You already know when it comes to big men versus little dudes, 
you already know that the big man is going to try to get the upper hand the entire match. And with Obafemi literally learning throughout this entire, like, the entire battle with the luchador himself, Dragon Lee, like, you could tell that he was not going to lie. Dragon Lee had him in the first, you know, first half of the entire match. Like, you could tell that Dragon Lee... His style of wrestling stole that entire show. And the entire way that Femi really tried to, you know, kept answering to the Dragon Lee's, you know, punches and kicks and all that stuff. It literally, you know, sheer power with Dragon Lee was was very impressive. And the entire match, it like, he came off as, like, a very unstoppable, powerful force. And literally try and literally was trying to tell a, a really good story in the ring and it did work. Um and a lot and when it comes to Obafemi, like I'm I'm not gonna lie, if you look at his background, dude has no wrestling experience at all. None. But years literally two years later, the man, as soon as he got into the breakout tournament was throwing bodies, making other people just look like toys to this man. The man is six foot six, over 300 pounds of pure muscle and show-stopping agility and ability to make his performers and his basically competitors look like tiny humans, tiny ants. And Obafemi is not shy when it comes to the ring at all. And... I would definitely say Obafemi is a a guy to look out for in NXT and definitely in the main roster in the next coming, you know, years in the next future. Because Obafemi, and I've been saying this for months on end, ever since he came to the NXT, Obafemi just reminds me of Umbaku so, so much. His persona, his character. His in-ring work, his fighting ability, everything reminds me of Mbaku from the Black Panther. And it and it's and he's really good at playing it. He's really good at wrestling. Just for a person that has little to no background in wrestling. Little to no background in wrestling. And at one point in the match, Dragon Lee literally caught Femi with an octopus hole. And I really thought this man was about to go down. Because this man was fighting it. He got down on one knee, was up back in the next two minutes, got down on one knee again. And it was so bad that this man could even had like couldn't really hold the ropes with his hand. This man had to hold the ropes with his teeth. With his goddamn teeth. And oh my lord. I was like, yo, I've never seen someone break up like break a a hold like this with his teeth before. Like, this is crazy. And it <laughs> overall it was a match that was really good. And it's like one of the, like another memorable match. I'm not going to look that I'm definitely going to be remembering off of not only Oba Femi's end, but Dragon Lee's end. And it like with these two guys, they did, they did wonderful. They did so goddamn well in this match. And it definitely always helps to work with, like, the, you know, type of the best in-ring performers in WWE today 
because if it wasn't for the in-ring, you know, if it wasn't for, you know, people, you know, in backstage, we wouldn't have, like, Dragon League today. We wouldn't have Oba Femi today, you know, and... I would I'm def and I'm definitely gonna ride this to the main roster. Like o- Omos is what Obafemi should have be like no, I should say yeah. Like Omos is what um basically Obafemi should have been in him. Because Omos is trash. Obafemi is basically like has the height of Omos, but has like a, is basically like as dominant as Braun Breaker. Like Obafemi will use his height to his ability, but his strength and his size says, "Bro, you gonna you gonna try me put me in my place?" <laughs> I'm laughing, and just literally destroys them without even lifting a finger, barely lifting a finger, I should say, and. Literally, when Dragon Lee pushed Obafemi to see what his limb is, what's, you know, what can he do? What can he not do? He constantly pushed Obafemi to a greater height. And honestly, them two have great chemistry in the ring. That is very weird to say that because someone like with that height and that agility, it's hard to see how they are in the ring. It's hard to see you know, where they're ranked because there's, you know, with big men, especially with that much height, you know, it's hard to see where you, you know, where you are at, especially if there's like another big man as tall as you in the ring. Like, like take Braun Strowman and Omos, for example, like that match was good for what it was. It was a really good match between those two. And Braun Breaker came out with a W at the end and pinning Omos, surprisingly. So, so Oba Femi with Dragon Lee, a high flyer versus a powerful guy like Oba, says a lot. And their chemistry says, yo, they can pull off another match like this and watch it be better than their first match against each other. So I know that's going to, I know they're going to, you know, try to do something to make, you know, Oba Femi have a very extended, long NXT North American Championship run. And I definitely say the future is very bright for the NXT, you know, North American champion right now, Obafemi. You know, it's really, it's really hard to say who's going to take the title from him because, you know, there's so much people that can try to take the title for Oba, but it's not going to happen. It, there, it's not going. You can try, but you're probably going to fail miserably. And I don't know if there's anybody that can take that title away from him. I mean, you can maybe you could try to you know do a one-on-one match with Baron Corbin. I mean, you could try to do you know a one-on-one match with Ilya. Maybe you can try to do a one-on-one match with uh maybe Joe Coffey, or you know or Briggs or Jensen, like maybe them, but or Dijak. Like like let me just let me just cook for a second. Let me just cook for a second here. Imagine Dijak versus Obafemi. For the NXT North American Championship, do you know how fire that match would be on paper and execution? You know how good that match would be? That match would be fire. It would probably be legendary. It would probably be a hard-hitting big man NXT North American Championship match. 
that someone's bound to wait for. And with the right with the right spots, with the right moveset, this can be one of the that can be one of the best matches in big man history for NXT. And when Dragon Lee comes, sorry, not when not when Dragon Lee comes back, but when Wesley comes back, I really wouldn't be surprised if Femi is still holding that belt when Drag when uh when Wesley returns from his injury because Wesley said I'm coming back for that title, and when he does, you know I don't care who's in my way, I'm a step to them, and Wesley as a high flyer as he is, especially with Dragon Lee as you know. How he dedicate everything, you know. How Dragon Lee try or how Dragon Lee dedicate everything to Wesley. Wesley versus Oba Femi. It's pro. I don't know if in my mind it probably cooked as well as Dijak and Wesley, but I know that Oba Femi and Wesley is probably gonna be as well, if not as better than their match uh, against each other when it was Dijak and Wesley for the title at Vengeance Day last year. But um, overall, congratulations to Oba Femi defending and retaining his title against Dragon Lee in a very, very high-flying, high-anticipated match that ended the show. Well, no, not ended the show, but ended the match with Oba Femi literally powerbombing you know, powerbombing um, Dragon Lee onto the mat, giving him a one, two, three, and a retaining the title in a great, passionable way. And I could definitely say another another uh, spot that I really liked uh, during that match when uh, before before Dragon Lee basically got demolished at the end, Dragon Lee got thrown, got literally choke slammed. Onto uh, onto the one like the announcer's chair. I was like, God damn, this man is becoming a rolling pin for Oba. Like, this man is those. This man's about to get his ass just. He's gonna be dead. Like Oba's gonna kill this man. And this in in literally in my mind, this is probably if not one of the best. I would say it's close to become the best match. Of that night, I hundred percent tell the truth. It was it was so well thought out, was so well put together, and I'm definitely want to see what the store holds for Oba Femi, what the store holds in for uh Dragon Lee, what they plan on doing with both of them, what's going to happen with his, you know, his run going into the Senate and deliver this year. So much questions that need to be answered and want and gotta be answered. And I'm definitely here, and I'm here for the ride. I'm here for the bumpy, crazy, uncontrollable ride that Obafemi has to bring to the NXT roster and to the NXT North American Championship. So, the last thing, the last thing we have on the list is the NXT Championship against Ilya Dragunov and Trick Williams. Of a match that should have took place at New Year's Evil, but wasn't because of you know Dragon Dragonoff not being cleared to be, compete that day, and this this is a match that we're high anticipated on because everybody's wondering, hey, is Trick Williams is Trick Williams gonna win the gold? 
Is Ilya, yeah, is Ilya Dragunov going to retain? Like, there's so much questions that needs to be answered with this match. And this match, like I said, was hard hitting. This match delivered in every aspect. And I loved it. Literally, Carmelo Hayes was joining uh, ringside to support his man, Trick Williams. But every time, every time it looks like Trick Williams was got it on his own, like Carmelo Hayes just kept being in the way every single time. Every single time. And it, it pissed me off. I was like, yo, Carmelo, stop trying to overpower Trick. Trick got this, man. He's trying... He's trying to fucking get the title. He's trying to, you know, be known in NXT. He's trying to be bigger in NXT than Ilya Dragunov. And it was good, though, because, you know, in the, as soon as the match literally started, you know, Trick, uh, Trick Williams, like, busted lit from the, uh, from the Dusty Classic Finals. Uh, it was reopened early on in the match. And then, you know, the entire match, the Mad Dragon, Elliot Dragunov was taunting Trick Mello on the, you know, on the side, you know, sorry, he was, sorry, he was taunting Carmelo Hayes on the, uh, on the side as he really suplexed Trick Williams onto the floor. And then after that, uh, Dragunov sent Mello, uh, Carmelo Hayes into uh, Trick's knee and onto the steel steps and at that point, Trick Williams' knee was given out. Um, there, there was so much stuff that happened with this match. So much stuff. And Mello was trying to get involved so much that it, it, it's distracted. It distracted not only Trick, but also uh, the ref. As, not only did say Trick, it distracted the ref and it attracted uh, uh, Mello. And Mello was just trying to like mess it up, man. And it was too much. Like, the story of the match was a little bit too much about him. It was too much about Carmelo Hayes than, you know, Trick Mello himself, especially when it comes to, like, the final minutes of the match. And I can definitely say that it was a brutal battle for both, not only Trick Williams, but... Ilya Dragunov, it was bloody literally the entire match. It was, you know, it was a very phenomenal drama undercut type of messy booking match down to the last tee, down to the final drop. Everything looked hella dope. And, you know, the way, you know, the crowd made for the special atmosphere, everybody chanting, whoop that trick, whoop that trick, yeah, whoop that trick. Like we uh, like we all we all wanted Trick to win, we all did, but after that, you know, there is like Mello was just making it about him after a while. And I know uh Trick Trick did counter his uh his H bomb with the first forty eight, and Mello was like, "Yo, you got him, you got him, let's go, put this man away, put this man away," because everybody was behind Trick, and. It, it like everybody was just so behind Trick, and everybody was wilding, and everybody was like, "Yo, put this man away! Put this man away, bro! Trick, win the NXT title! Come on, Trick! You can do it! You can do it!" And Trick did pull out the H bomb, 
um, on his own for near fall. He did went down um, on the knee that was buckling from the beginning of the night. He did stumble on the injured knee, but it did allow uh, Dragunov to hit the um, to hit a pair of H bombs of his own, including one diving um, from a shocking near fall. And after that, you know, it looked it it was weird because the finish with Trick and Ilya was so weird at the end because it looked like. It looked like Trick had Ilya Dragon knocked out for a minute, but it was vice versa. Trick got knocked out by Ilya Dragunov. And then after that, one, two, three, after a bloody mess, after a bloody match, Trick William could not get the job done and lost the title match against Ilya Dragunov. And we had the Mad Dragon himself retain the title against uh, Trick Williams. And it sucks. Everybody was, like, upset and mad. I mean, I already knew that Trick Williams... I already knew that Trick Williams wouldn't win, but I knew that he would give up. But I know that he would put on such a great performance. Everybody will love him. And, I re- like, doesn't matter if he loses this match now. There's another opportunity in the future for this man. Um, Especially on top of that, the man was playing... The man was playing two roles that night. He was wrestling two matches, so we already knew this man was hella tired. Um, and it's it sucks, but it is what it is with Trick. He did a wonderful job with that match. Um, the the like the result at the end was a shock, even with after the whole shit that went down. Like it was so crazy. We're like, wait, did did Trick get knocked out or did Ilya get knocked out? It was. It was it was weird how the angle of the camera made that finisher look, but um, you know there there are definitely the entire crowd, including myself, you know, was ready for uh Trick to complete. Yo, hey, I got my story, I finished it, I'm NXT champion, but he fell short just a little bit, and Dragonov's uh. You know, next title of defense, whatever that should be, is likely will be overshadowed by everything with the whole aftermath of Trick and Mellow Gang falling out. Um, it was there was a lot of signs, be, um, for a Trick. Like you know, there was a lot of signs that were too clear for Trick, uh, for uh, for Carmelo Hayes to stay a face, because you know, after that. No one else could have, you know, been on the one to lay out Trick Williams like that besides Carmelo Hayes. I already knew that Carmelo Hayes was going to turn on Trick Williams. It was just a matter of time. And literally right after um, the man, Trick Williams, got a standing ovation, Carmelo Hayes came in. There's like, hey, bro, there's always another day. You can always get the title another day, bro. Like, hey, heal up. Try to do what you got to do, man. And then after that, I was like, oh, here it comes. And then Carmelo Hayes literally said, you were my boy, took out the man's knee and literally took a chair and started going ham, going ham on the knee. Then this man after chair shot, after chair shot, after chair shot, after chair shot, after chair shot to the injured knee. And at that point, we're like, yes, I I was actually I was happy. I was actually happy because I do rather prefer heal Carmelo Hayes and face Carmelo Hayes. 
Carmelo Hayes' face was okay. It was okay run, but nothing can beat a heel version of Carmelo Hayes at all. And the entire crowd was like, why would you do that? Why? Just why? Like, come on, y'all. We knew that. We all knew that, you know, Carmelo Hayes was going to turn heel at some point in time. We just didn't know when that time will be. And Vengeance Day was the perfect time to do it. And after the entire beatdown, Carmelo Hayes blamed his, you know, the fans of, hey, you, you picked Trick over me. You picked a person that was in my shoulder over me. You did this. You caused this. You caused this to happen. You made me do this. I never wanted to do this. You know, I never, you know, that tactic, that, you know, that simple type of, um, that simple type of uh, heel heat that you you will get, but um, I'm definitely looking forward to this feud. I know this feud is going to be crazy between uh, Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams because who knows what type of stipulation this match will have? No disqualification, best out of th- uh, best out of three, three stages of hell, unsanctioned, like uh, weapon wild, steel cage, shoot, extreme rules. If you want to bring, if you want to put a Hell in a Cell title, like a Hell in a Cell match with Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes, I would definitely like to see a Hell in a Cell match on NXT because I feel like that would be hella crazy and hella dope to watch. I would be 100% looking forward to that. Not going to lie. Um, but overall, Dragon, uh, was it, what's it, Dragon League? Dragon off defeated Trick Williams. To retain the NXT title in the most brutal, bloody way possible, and I'm definitely looking forward to what Carmelo say has. To, I'm definitely looking forward to what Carmelo Hayes has to say um, to the NXT universe about his beatdown, why he turned, what's going on with him, where we're gonna go from here. Um, and um, when Trick Williams comes back healed, he's coming after Carmelo, and that rivalry is gonna be huge for Stand Deliver. And I'm looking forward to it. I don't know if it's going to be a one-and-done type thing. I don't know if it's going to be a best out of three. I don't know what it's going to be. But I know that Sand Deliver, especially for this match, is going to be huge. And Carmelo Hayes, a face, like an over-baby face, Carmelo Hayes versus a most hated heel. Com- uh, sorry, what did I say that? Uh, I, I, I kind of messed that up. Uh, over babyface Trick Williams versus a uh, overhated uh, heel Carmelo Hayes is going to be fire, and I'm looking forward to it. And I know that these next coming you know, like months, going into April of WrestleMania season, is going to be a crazy, crazy time. Especially we got Roblox on, like uh, NXT Roblox on the way. Woo! This this is a crazy time for wrestling, man, and. The main event, especially the heel turn of Carmelo Hayes, is something we've been looking for 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 a minute now, and this is this is a crazy time to be a wrestling fan, a craziest you know best time to be not only a main roster fan but an NXT fan as well too. But overall, that's it for tonight's episode, guys. Thank you for um, listening to me, kicking to me, chilling me, vibing me. Talking about everything that happened in NXT Vengeance Day. And I would definitely say NXT Vengeance Day was a night to remember. 
Um, and it comes off as like one of that top program in, in NXT. Um, the opener for uh, Vengeance Day was for Trick Williams, you know, for, you know, the, the cost of him, of the shot of that NXT title shot against Dragunov in that main event. Even though both matches did suffer a bit to set up something bigger down the line, but at the same time, let these let NXT cook, let HBK cook, because I know his storyline is looking very clean right now. I mean, he's been cooking for a minute now since he's been, you know, the head of uh, the creative for NXT down uh, over there. I know that uh, if they want to do Trick and Dragon Off Part Two, they can have a better uh, contest, like you know, better contest, you know, match down the line. When obviously, when Trick Millio's uh, Trick Williams is done with Carmelo Hayes, and then like Trick and Melo Hayes, like a uh, Trick and Melo gang, that whole rivalry between each other will feel like a battle that's made for like you know, all the, you know former black and gold type of brand. So it's like Trick Mello from the old black and gold brand. Sorry, not Trick Mello. But, uh, I would say Carmelo Hayes with the old black and gold brand with uh, Trick Williams with like the new type of version of NXT. And it's going to be like a personal, brutal type, bloody war, you know, at the tail ends of a memorable two-year-long friendship between these two guys. Um, uh, and then we had Roxanne Perez and Lyra Vakira giving us, you know, a little taste of what they can do together, especially with the whole dynamic changing with Lola Love Vice coming into the mix. And honestly, with that, they're going to cook with that as well, too. What's going to happen with Lola? What's going to happen with Lyra Vakira? Everybody like that in the women's division, especially with Oba Femi and Dragon Lee stealing the show. Ooh, you cannot tell me that match did not cook, man. You cannot tell me that match didn't cook. And th those are two mega future, like, mega stars in the next coming years for uh, NXT, but also the main roster when that comes. Um, but um, in my defense, you could have just had the family versus OTM left out. You could have just had them on NXT, but you know, or have them like after the, you know, Vengeance Day weekend. But it is what it is. The entire, the entire, uh, PLE cooked. They delivered. They made, they had us with smiling, uh, fate. They left, uh, they have us leave there with smiling, uh, faces and, you know, grinning, like us grinning from ear to ear. But as a whole, we, as an NXT fan, we did remember, uh, we will remember this night. Um, and overall stand, uh, stand deliver. Well, going into stand deliver will, <clears throat> will make not only the brand look good, but just the right booking, the right story, the right, everything will, you know, have NXT always be on top for a reason. But overall, this is your boy Antoine TV2, the host of Organized Mesh. You can follow me across all social medias, Antoine TV2, across Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, Facebook. You can follow the podcast Organized Mesh across YouTube, um, also across Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Trying to also TikTok is the now a thing. 
Antoine TV2 on TikTok. Follow me, all wrestling content, all um, everything to do with the main roster backstage, all that type of stuff. Hope everybody has a great day. Hope everybody has a great upcoming week. And stay safe out there. And peace, y'all.